You're about to listen to a message from Every Nation Church Midrand, the place where people come to be changed and discipled to transform society. God is good. Can you imagine that 2018 is already closing up? It's, it started not too long ago. And now look at where we are. Incredible. And I know that that's how God is going to move in your life. You know, the Bible says, when the Lord turned our captivity, we were like them that dream. And our mouths were filled with laughter. There might be challenges here and there, but the Lord has not forsaken you. Touch someone and say, he hasn't forsaken you. And he will never forsake you. Amen. My Lord, we had a great time in the week having some times of prayer, praying, and um, we dealt with quite a few things. Uh, how many people have, have seen deception from a different light? Huh? Yeah. Because if we are in the last days, and one of the signs of the last days is deception, um, everywhere in the Bible you read about the last days, you see that there is deception being mentioned. And if, if Christians today don't pay attention to such scriptures, they are already deceived. Because it doesn't matter how strong you are, it doesn't matter how anointed you are, it doesn't matter how powerful you are. If you are not careful, if you are not watchful, you can be deceived. So, I was going to share something with you, but... I have a change of direction. So, I will just obey. Hmm? Yeah. Alright, so we're talking this morning about sanctified desires. Somebody say sanctified desires. Do you know that your desires need to be sanctified? Yeah. So we, we're going to look into that this morning. And uh, why don't we just pray? Let's, let's pray. Stretch your hands to me. Pray. Father, I just thank you. I need grace this morning. Come on. Lord, my God, I thank you for your word, which is spirit and is life. The entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. But there will be revelation. Lord, you will speak through these lips of clay this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I rebuke every spirit that comes to pervert the word of God and to twist the word of God and to misinterpret the word of God and to lie to God's people pertaining to your word. I bind them. I take charge over this atmosphere in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I give you glory in Jesus' name. So what do we mean by sanctified desires? How many people have desires? You? If you don't have any desire, you are dead. 
You're dead. If you don't have a desire, how can you be alive and not have a desire? Huh? So, a lot of times, God gives us desires. Do you know that even the desire to, to be successful is from God? It's from God. God gives it to you. Hmm? The desire to be alive. How many people want to be alive? Yeah. <laughs> it's from God. Yeah. The desire to be alive is from God. The desire to be great. How many people want to be great? It's from God. Okay, let me ask this. I, 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 I've, I took a survey and, uh, and uh, I was disappointed during the week. How many people desire to be poor? Let me see. Anybody? Please. We won't embarrass you. It's, it's, not, it's not a problem. If you desire your desires, you just want to be poor. Just raise your hand. Let me see. Ha! You mean there's not one person? Ha! <laughs> All right. So, yeah, the reason why you don't want to, you don't have that desire is because God does not give that desire. God doesn't give that. Yeah, people are poor not because it is God's plan. It's because the enemy is at work and the enemy is the God of the system of this world and he has designed the system in such a way that he will deprive people of things that they are entitled to. Things that God, even things that God has made available, the enemy fights us. If you, if you doubt, read the book of Joshua. God gave them the promised land. And yet, the enemy was fighting them. No, you must not come here. Look at Jericho. Look at how they, they, the kind of walls they put around. Huh? God says, I've given you Jericho and the, 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 his the king and everyone in it. I've given to you, Joshua. But then, the wall. The walls of Jericho are wider than this sanctuary. Yeah, wider. Because, and that's, that's to tell you how much they invested. And the walls, guess, guess what? The walls were not created just to keep the people inside there, they were created to keep people from coming in. Do you understand? So, and that's how the enemy works. He would, he would invest so much to keep you outside of what God has for you. He will go to any length, any length to ensure that you don't access what God has for you. So what God does is that God now gives you desires. And desires have a way of propelling you. Alright? The proof of desire is pursuit. 
So if don't come and tell me I desire something and I'm not doing anything about it. That is not a desire, it's a wish. Wishes are different from desires. Okay? Yeah. I wish I was uh, born in Buckingham Palace. That's a wish. Now, there's nothing you can do. You, you, there's nothing you can do to make it happen. It's too late. <laughs> Are you getting my point? It's too late. You cannot wish to be born in Buckingham Palace. Meanwhile, you were born. Huh? Wherever. <laughs> you are born somewhere. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, that is a wish. And sometimes they talk about wishful thinking. Alright? Um, so, if it's a wish, you don't need to do anything. You just daydream about it. And then you can leave it in your mind. Huh? But there's nothing you can do to make it happen. So you just enjoy it. You can, in fact, if you like, you can be dreaming about it. Go to sleep, dream about it. It's fine. But that's where it's, it stays. You, 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 you cannot bring it to pass. So the only thing that you can have and you can do something and you can make it happen is a desire. It's a desire. So God, because we were created in God's image after his likeness, he gave us the ability to desire things. He gave us the ability to desire things and also to pursue those desires. Alright? So he knows that, that desires are so powerful. Actually, they are the driving force that's the engine of success. Because if there's no desire, it's, 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 that's the motto. That's, that's the propelling force. And that's why against all odds, if you have a true desire, it doesn't matter the odds. It doesn't matter who comes against you. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You will still make it. You will still make it. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter where you are coming from. It doesn't matter how disadvantaged you are. It doesn't matter how the system is engineered to exclude you. If you have a desire, I'm telling you, it's a matter of time. You will make it. Okay. So, the enemy has seen the power of desire. He knows the power of desires. He knows that with a desire, he doesn't need to put much effort. So what is his strategy? His strategy now is to find a way to attach his desire to your desire. He will find a way to Capture your desire. He will find a way. He will strategize. When he's strategizing. Because in case you don't know. 
He knows you very, very well. So he knows your desires. He knows your desires. He knows the things that you, you, you're thinking about all the time. He knows the things that you, you are pushing and pushing to achieve. He knows all of those. So now, he cannot stop the desire. Huh? He cannot stop the desire. So what he wants to do is to see how he can derail that desire. How he can derail that desire. That is one of his master strategies. And how does he achieve that? That's what we want to deal with. And also then to emphasize the need for you to sanctify your desires. The word to sanctify. You know what the word to sanctify means? The word to sanctify means to set apart. It also means to make holy. Make holy. So, let's, uh, let's look at a few scriptures. Um, Psalm 37. Let's read Psalm 37 from verse 1. I know many of us can identify with this. Do not fret because of evildoers. Nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. Hmm? Haven't you felt that, look, I'm trying to do God's will. And it's like, I'm just failing. And the people that don't even care about God just seem to be excelling. Have you been there before? Have you asked that question? They, 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 they compromise. Some of them even sell their souls. And, and, you know, and they are just making it. And then me, I am praying. I am fasting. Huh? I am in church every week. I am worshipping God. I am faithful. I am a tither. I am a giver. Ha! Why? Why? This is the, the scripture is for you. If you've asked that question. Do not fret. Because of evildoers. Right? Don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. Next verse. Look, he says, For what? They shall soon be cut down like grass. This is people. You know how you mow your grass? That's how. There will be a time that God will just move. And there are no more. <laughs> yeah. So don't desire to be like them. That's just what I'm trying to say. Because their end is not good. Right? They shall wither as the green herb. Alright? But then, look at what it says. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Your trust must be in the Lord. And don't stop being good because an evil person seems to be advancing. I think it's Psalm 75 where he was talking about how he used to envy them and then until he went into the sanctuary and he saw their end and he saw that God just set them up. Amazing. 
Okay, verse 4. Let's read verse 4. Look at verse 4. Come on. He says, let's read it together. One, two, three. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Is that speaking to somebody this morning? Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So, God is a God that gives desires. In other words, that thing you desire, for it to happen, God has to give a yes. You cannot force it to happen if God does not say yes. But now he's giving you his condition. If you want it his way. Now, if you want it the enemy's way, you can go to the enemy's side. And you don't need to follow all of this. Just be evil. Just continue to work strong and evil and all of that. And you will still have your desires. But there is a desire that you cannot have in that, um, if you follow that path. Because although you want to live, you will not have the desire, that desire that you want for life. You see? So you can have things and lose life. You can have things and lose life, but you want to have life and have things. <laughs> so what the enemy does is that he wants you he wants to come. Look at your desire. He says, okay, fine. You, you desire this. I'm going to do something about it. Huh? I'll give you an example. He saw Jesus come, right? Jesus comes and he knows what Jesus has come for. He knows what Jesus came for. Jesus came to restore what Adam lost. That's the mission. God has said it from Genesis chapter 3. All right? The seed of the woman. It's going to bruise your head. You bruise his heel. The seed of the woman has now arrived. He's on the scene. Now he has tried everything. He has killed so many prophets, thinking, suspecting that they were the seed of the woman. And none of them was. And now finally... Jesus is being baptized. All along, God had been hiding Jesus. He had been hiding Jesus from the enemy. Okay? Until the day John the Baptist now said, this is the Lamb of God. Ah, my arch enemy. You are the one Okay. I need to do something quickly. So he knows Jesus' desire is to save man. He knows Jesus' desire is to restore the kingdom. To bring the kingdom to replace the kingdom of darkness. To replace the kingdoms of this world with the kingdom of God. He knows all of that. So what does he do? Matthew chapter 4. In Matthew chapter 4, from verse 1, 
He says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. All right? When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. How many people know that when you fast, you get hungry? Just one day. <laughs> Just one day fast. In fact, some people half a day. For some people to survive half a day, it takes a miracle. <laughs> yeah. The moment you say, haven't you noticed it? The moment you say, I want to fast. But if you don't say, I want to fast, you won't even remember to eat. You notice that? Yeah. But when you say, I want to fast today, ah, your body will start reacting. No, no, not today. You should have done it yesterday, not today. Hmm? Yeah. So, Jesus for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, now, did he know Jesus was the son of God? Yes, he knew. What is he doing? He's targeting Jesus' desire. He's targeting his desire. He wants to now attach his mission to the desire of Jesus. Which is what he does to us. Alright? So, if you are the son of God, Command these stones to become bread. After all, you have a desire for food. You've just fasted 40 days. The, the most logical thing is to eat. And now in this wilderness, nobody is here to cook for you. But again, remember you are the son of God. You have the power. You can just command. And the stone will become bread. Did Jesus have the power to do that? Of course, as the son of God, he has the power over stones. So what is he doing? Your desire. So when you have a desire, there's nothing wrong with your desire. Your desire to progress, your desire for a house, your desire for a car, a fine car. You know, you, I mean, you don't desire a car that will be breaking down every other day. I don't know anybody with that kind of desire. Not here. That's right. Yeah. You, you, you don't desire not to have anything to wear. And to go and take leaves and whatever. And try to make something to wear. No, no. You don't have that kind of desire. Am I correct? Yeah. You don't have that kind of desire. You don't desire to live in a hole. No, you're not, you're, not, you're not a fox, right? Yeah, you're not. You are made in God's image. God lives in a mansion. So you have the same desire as your father. Because he says we were made in his image after his likeness. That also includes what he likes. So some of the things you like are actually things that God likes. Are you getting my point? Yeah, there are things that God likes because you were made after his likeness. So don't feel guilty for liking good things. 
Some of you, you want, you want a house. You don't want a house with a garden and a water feature. Come on. I, I can already see the smiles. It's like, talk to me, pastor. <laughs> yeah. It says, you're, you're, you're now preaching the word, pastor. All along, I've been waiting. <laughs> Hallelujah. You have those desires because God has those desires. God has those desires. You, you, you like nature. Some of you, you like nature. Hmm? God loves nature. Some of you don't like nature. You like concrete jungles. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, God also has some in heaven. Do you understand? So he made you and he gave you certain desires. There's some of his desire you have. There's some of his desire you have. You like the saxophone. God loves saxophones. So he put that desire there. Do you understand? So they're different. All, everything, I'm telling you. Because religion will not allow you to see some of these things. But I'm telling you, God is not religious. God is not religious. Huh? You like to look good. You can't look better than God. But I mean, he says he will beautify the meek. He makes all things beautiful in his time. So he is the creator of beauty. He is the originator of beauty. Why did he make beauty? So that he can admire it. So that you can admire it. So some people, you go to some places. I know places where you go to, if you are beautiful, you have a demon. No, I'm serious. You are a suspect. Jezebel has arrived. Huh? Yeah. I've seen it. And then, they, you know, they'll be making some altar call. Everybody close your eyes and they're looking... Mm. Just raise your hand if you know yourself. The devil sent you. What nonsense. As a matter of fact, even Jezebel was created by God. It's just that the devil captured her. You get my point? Yeah, so don't feel bad. Because you like some good things. Aren't you happy to be sitting here? Do you, how many people want us to sit under the tree? Just be, huh? If we, if we say now church is moving under the tree, how many people will come? You see? <laughs> Maybe some faithfuls. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is that I'm just, I want you to see that there's nothing wrong with your desire. But the problem is when the enemy now attaches himself to your desire, then he now begins to direct it, which is what he was trying to do to Jesus. 
Okay? So in the day, in this last day, one of the things that will be paramount is deception. And I'm telling you, one of the, one of the, um, the starting points of deception is your desire. So that's why you need to be on the lookout. Okay? Yeah. So look at verse, verse, verse 4. Come on. Look at verse 4. He says, But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay, let's read on. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. Right? And then he said to him, All these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So what is happening here? He knows what Jesus came for. He knows the desires of Jesus. The desire of Jesus is for the kingdoms of this world to come under the kingdom of our God. So now he says to him, he shows him all the kingdoms. The Bible says he took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of this world. That means from Nimrod to the end of time. That means he didn't show him physically, it was in a vision. Satan gives visions, in case you don't know. So he showed him all the kingdoms and their glory. So in other words, from that time, Jesus even saw this age. He saw all the technology. He saw all the spacecrafts. Come on. Yeah, he saw the cars. He saw everything. And he said, said, all of this, I'm going to give you. I'm not asking for much. Just bow down and worship me. And in Luke's version, he says, I will give this to whomever I wish because it was delivered to me. And we know who delivered it to him. Adam, right? So he knew that that's what Jesus came for. So what does Satan do? He wants to now attach his own desire to the desires of Jesus. The desire for the kingdoms of this world to become the kingdom of our God and of his Christ, as it is declared in the book of Revelation. So now he's giving him, okay, Jesus, you want the kingdom? No sweat. Why do you have to go through the cross, all those suffering, all those things? You don't need all of that. Just bow, that's all. Can't be simpler than that. This long journey that you are embarking on it's not necessary. It's not necessary. I mean, okay, you want a husband, right? You don't need to wait. You're praying, God, I'm believing. 
don't. No, 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 no. Just, I'll give you one. You know, let's just strike a deal. You do this and I give you. I have many of them. You just decide which type do you like. Hmm? You want a powerful, rich, and handsome, and you know, whatever, whatever you want. You want a romantic one, I'll give it to you. Yeah, you, all this prayer thing you're doing and you're believing God to, to stop it. I can see your desire. God is not interested in your desire. I am here to help you. I'm here to help you. God doesn't care about you. What? what? I'm telling you, I care about you. Yeah. I care about you. So if you can just... I'm only asking for one thing. Just bow. Bow and it will be yours. Deception. So is the desire for a husband evil? No, it's not. It's not. If it were evil, you wouldn't have it. Amen? You won't have it. Huh? Or a desire for a wife. Is it evil? No. Huh? Is it wrong to desire to be loved? No. It's, it's, it's God has put that desire there. Alright? But Satan has his own way of meeting those desires. So he's constantly on the lookout. He's studying us. He has a file on you. The data that he has about you. Huh? I know some of you, word of faith people, you don't like what I'm saying now. I say, come on, pastor, just be positive. Come on. Just speak positive. Stop talking this stuff. You know, just be positive. Yeah, I'm positively truthful. Yeah? Okay. So, he, he has... His own intelligence. You know, you think it's only our government that has intelligence? <laughs> oh, you need to know Satan's own intelligence yeah. is well connected everywhere. I remember, I think I've shared this before, when Pastor Sam had his fire encounter, um, when the Lord initiated him into the office of the prophet fully, he was invited somewhere to preach. And he had been having this like for two weeks. Every He was having these encounters like consistently, daily, daytime, nighttime, morning, every time. Like that, intense. So, but because this meeting had been scheduled before, the appoint, before his encounter, he, he couldn't like, he didn't want to disappoint the pastor. So he went for this meeting. And he went there. He was in the hotel just, just praying, preparing for the meeting. And as he was preparing for the meeting, the Lord just opened his eyes, showed him a video of what is going on in the spirit. So there was a conversation among the demons in that area where he went to. It's like saying he, 
he was invited to, to preach in um, where? Polokwane. <laughs> Why Polokwane? <laughs> okay. He's in the far north. Okay. All right. So imagine he's invited to preach in Polokwane and he goes there and he's just praying, preparing for the meeting. And as he's praying, God just opens and he sees. And he hear, hears the, 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 the principality in that area. They're saying, who is this man? Where did he come from? And then another one answered and said, oh, he's from Joburg. He's from Midrand. Huh? And then it's like, why didn't the, 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 the guys in Midrand tell us he was coming? In other words, the information was supposed to have been passed. Are you getting me? Yeah. So why were we not informed of his coming? Then there was another question. Is like, by the way, how did he even rise to this level? How did he rise to this level? Where is he from? Where is his village? Then immediately the scene changed and he saw his village. And then they summoned the spirit, the prince in that area. Why did you allow him to rise to this level? And then he saw one of his relatives come out and say, Honestly, I tied him. Look at the chain I used to tie him. But he broke loose. I don't know how, but he broke loose. And like these are the seed from where he was to where the church is to where he was born. All connected. Say intelligence. <laughs> so in, that, in other words, what they were saying is there was a failure. So I'm sure Satan would have disciplined them. Because he's a hard disciplinarian. Disciplines his demons. You say, why did you allow this? So that's why I'm saying there is more than enough data about you. It doesn't matter whether you believe it or not. Okay? Then you better wise up and be informed and then develop yourself. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And that that story is also to confirm to you that it doesn't matter what Satan puts. You can break free. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. You can break loose. Yeah. You can break loose. He might restrict you for a season. He might restrict you for a while. God is just using it to build your muscle. Glory to God. Build and develop you. Because by the time you blast that thing, they will say, we don't know how she got out of this. We don't know how she melted this chain. That's going to be your story. 
Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So be strong. And be wise. Don't allow your desires to be captured by the enemy. Don't allow it. Many pastors, their desires have been captured. Unfortunately. They've been captured. I want this breakthrough, this, this, this. Okay, if you want. Can you pay the price? Hmm? How far are you willing to go? You, you just bow and I'll give it to you. Interesting. Let me not go there. Okay. So, desire, your desire needs to be sanctified. So, as good as your desire is, I want you to see that although your desire is good and is neutral, you need to place it into God's hands. That's the safest place. That is the safest place to protect your desire. Your desire, your good desire. Your desire to, to succeed. Your desire to progress. Your desire, you know, for a good family. Your desire for a, a healthy, healthy life. Your desire. All of these need to be placed into God's hands. Your desire to get out of poverty. Your desire to get, to break all those restrictions around you. They are good. But if you don't manage those desires well, Satan can hijack them. Satan can hijack them. Alright? So he says, he, I mean he chases Satan. And we see also, he used the same formula in the life of Eve. It's the same formula. Hmm? So desires should be sanctified. I want my desire to be placed into his hands. So in other words, you go to God and you say, Lord, I desire this. But I don't trust myself. Huh? I don't trust myself to keep this desire holy. Because when you gave it to me, it was holy. Do you get my point? When you gave me this desire, it was holy. And I want it to remain holy. I want it to be sanctified. So what do I do? I take my desire and I put it on the altar. I say, Lord. Because the Bible says that the altar sanctifies the gift. The, the altar does what? sanctifies the gift. So you bring your desire as a gift and you place it. And you see, that's what God used to bless Abraham. For, for years, Abraham desired a son. Now, is, was it bad to desire a son? No. And God even promised him that he would give him that desire. And now, the desire has come to pass. He's looking every day. He wakes up. He sees Isaac. And Isaac is playing. And he'll just look. Ugh. He's just feeling good. 25 years has gone. He has forgotten 
the waiting period, the pain, the ridicule, the memory is gone because now the desire has been birthed. Sarah looking at Isaac playing. Oh my God. I think she even enjoyed it more than Abraham. Because at least Abraham had an Ishmael. <laughs> yeah. Shortcut. Huh? Why wait? Just bow. Have Hagar. Yeah? And look at the problem in the Middle East today. Oh, it's Abraham's fault. You know that? It's Abraham's mistake. So, the enemy was able to ride on that desire. Then he came whisper to Sarah, you know, maybe you can have Hagar, you know? It's, 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 I don't mind, honestly. You know, I mean, people do it. It is done, it's part of tradition, you know, it's okay by me. So Abraham already had a desire for his son. So he could fall for it because he had a desire. If he didn't have a desire, he wouldn't have fallen for it. He wouldn't have been drawn away by that. But he, he was drawn away by that because he already had a desire. So when, 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 when Sarah just suggested it, he looked and said, yeah, that's a revelation, baby. <laughs> Flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Hey! Oh, my God. Ishmael is born and they are all happy. One big happy family. You know, hey, guy, it's, uh, you know, it's there. Sarah, just until... Hagar start begin, starts. Say, Look at you. You call yourself a woman. Hmm? Old woman. Can't even. So, where is this coming from? Ah, the person that brought the, the, that perverted the desire is the one that instigated Hagar. <laughs> the same person. He's at work. Oh, you think he will just leave and go? No, no, no. Until he has destroyed everything, he will never be satisfied. He'll never be satisfied. So, he, he comes and then gets to a point. Sarah cannot handle it anymore. She says, I don't know how she calls him. A.B. Um. Say, A B, my Lord. <laughs> he said, Let's have a family meeting. This time, Hagar is not to be part of this meeting. Just keep her out. He said, This lady has to leave now. What? She and the son, they go. Abraham said, No, 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 no. It's my son my son. God says, you better listen to her. Do what she said. What? God? Yes. Chase them away. 
So the point is this. When Isaac grew up, his desire, I mean, Abraham can see his desire. Now God says in Genesis 22. This desire, put it on the altar. Can you see? God was trying to sanctify. He was trying to sanctify Isaac. So, Abraham was just looking at it as a test, but God, yes, it was a test, but God was also achieving other things. Do you understand? That's why if you look at the life of Abraham, Abraham had an extramarital relationship with Hagar. Correct? Jacob had his own complications. But somehow Isaac escaped. Isaac never. He was sanctified on the altar. He was sanctified on the altar. He was placed on the altar. And right there, the fire of God comes upon him. And possesses him. Isaac never had a scandal. Why? He was placed on the altar. Sanctified. So, if you want, that's why I say, if you want to preserve and you want to protect your desire, place it on the altar. Place it on the altar. If you keep it away from the altar, you cannot keep it away from Satan. You can tweet that. (laughs) Hallelujah. It's tweetable. Yeah. If you keep your desire from God, you can't keep it away from Satan. If you want to keep it away from Satan, place it in God's hands. Place it on the altar. Lord, I desire, I have this dream. Put it on the altar. Put it on the altar. Are you ready to sacrifice your desire? To place your desire on the altar? So that means if you put it on the altar, you are saying, God, even if it doesn't happen, we're still. Do you understand? But some people, their Christianity is, God didn't do this for me. I'm mad at God. They become like Naomi. Hmm? Naomi means pleasant. Huh? She, she, she goes to Moab because there was famine in Bethlehem. She goes to Moab with her, her husband and her two boys. They grow up, the husband dies, and the two boys die. And she comes back with Ruth follows her. And as she arrives, they say, oh, Naomi has come. Naomi, the women are dancing. Naomi, Pleasant has arrived. Pleasant has arrived. She said, don't call me Pleasant. 
call me Mara. Mara means bitter. Because God has dealt bitterly with me. I went full and I came back empty. You see, do you think if her desire was on the altar, she would have had that disposition? Would she have had that reaction? Would she have uttered those words? She didn't know that God was setting her up for something that no other, if she had been in Moab, if she had had her sons and her husband, she would not have been able to achieve that. Because Ruth was grafted into the genealogy of Christ. You see, she, did, she, she was so short-sighted and she could not see far. But God knew what he was doing. Ruth comes and then meets Boaz. And then she, that's how became the great-grandmother of David. If she were still in Moab, would that have happened? Now, can you talk about David without talking about them? You see? So, when God is working, it might be painful, it might be bitter. Just place it on the altar. Come on. Place it on the altar and say, God, I put it on the altar. It's bitter now. I know, but I trust you. I trust you with my future. I trust you with my family. I trust you with my business. I trust you. I trust you with my education. I trust you. I trust you with my children. I trust you with my wife. I trust you with my husband. I trust you. Place them on the altar. I've placed my family on the altar. Satan doesn't like the altar. He can't go there because there's fire there. The consuming fire is on the altar. He cannot go there. He cannot touch it. Place that relationship on the altar. Put it there. You need to fall in love with the altar. The altar is a place of sacrifice. But you need to fall in love with it. Because that's the only preservation you have. preservation. If you don't do that, Satan will deceive you. He will deceive you with your desire. You want to serve God. You want to, you want to serve God. You want to preach. You want to, you want to do great things for God. And yet, you didn't put your desire on the altar. Satan will take it. He will take it and before you know it, you will end up where God didn't plan for you. Doing what God didn't plan for you. Hanging around with people God never ordained for you. He wants to capture your desire. Your desire is good. It's noble. The Bible says if anyone desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good thing. It's a good thing. Huh? You want to do ministry, put that desire on the altar. Put it on the altar. 
You want to emigrate, put it on the altar. It doesn't matter what it desires. You want to be rich, put it on the altar. Because if you don't put it on the altar, ha. It's just that time has gone. I, I don't know what. Paul says, those that desire to be rich. In fact, let's read it. First Timothy chapter 6. Glory, glory. We'll close with this. And uh, I know some, some people won't like this, but some people will enjoy it. The lovers of truth would like this. Those that don't love the truth, feel free to stone me. Hmm? Yeah. Where is that scripture now? Those that desire to be rich. Okay. Uh, is it the one? Is it? Oh. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm looking at it. but All right. But those, First Timothy chapter 6 verse 9. Look at what it says there. It says, but those who desire to be rich. I said to you, there's nothing wrong with that. Right? It's the love of money that is evil. The desire to be rich is not evil. But just know what comes with that desire. Do you get my point? I asked you if you, wanted to, if you had the desire for poverty and none of you raised your hands. So my assumption is that you desire to be rich. Am I correct? You desire to be rich. Alright, so those who desire to be rich fall into and and into and <laughs> which drown men in destruction and perdition. Can you see? So, in other words, Satan has a special agenda for your desire to be rich. Yeah, and he has a special strategy which you must understand, which we are uncovering right now. Alright? So that's why you need to place that desire on the altar. Don't trust yourself with that desire. It's, it's okay to have it. I'm, I'm, listen. But just don't trust yourself. To manage that desire. Okay? So he says, those who desire to be rich fall into temptation. In other words, they didn't enter. They fell. Do you understand? They fell. So it's you, you don't fall on purpose. Are you getting my point? They didn't plan to fall. In other words, they felt they were okay. They can handle it. I, can, I got this. 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 Do you understand? No, no, no. I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing. Just trust me. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm, I'm well trained. You know, I've been to the best, the best of the best. I have the best education in town. You know, I've, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm a Harvard graduate. I, 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 so I know how to manage these things. Come on. I've been to the best business schools. Come on. So I can handle it. Finance, I, I got it. I got it. I'm sorted. Listen. The training you got was not a spiritual training. 
it was from the world system. And who is the God of the system of the world? So you're putting your trust in a system that was engineered by the God of the system of this world. It's okay to go to business school. Listen, get all the education you can get. But when you finish, put it on the altar. Hallelujah. Put it on the altar. And sanctify that qualification and skill that you have acquired. Put it on the altar. Or else you will fall one day. You will fall. It's just a matter of time. You will fall. Because by the time money comes, you start feeling powerful. You start walking different. Huh? You start talking different. Come on, I've seen it. I know what I'm talking about. So when people talk, hey, don't talk to me. Talk to my PA. Come on. God have mercy. <laughs> he that sits in the heavens is laughing. It's laughing. It's laughable. But it's regrettable. So they fall into temptation, into the snare of the devil. Alright? And look at verse 10. Come on, let's read it together. One, two, three. For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This is what happens when you don't place it on the altar. When it is not sanctified. Sorrow is coming. If it's not sanctified. It's coming. It's a matter of time. It will pierce you where you will feel it the most. So don't be deceived. Jesus talks about the deceitfulness of riches. You, that's why some people, no wonder, God blesses them and they live God. Put it on. Many people are humble now because they don't have enough to sponsor their rebellion and their pride. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Yeah, I'm telling you. They don't have the opportunity. But when money comes, you have the opportunity. You can afford anything you want. It promises you so much power. It promises you happiness. It promises you control. It promises you so much. Now you have money. You have breakfast in Paris. Huh? Have lunch in Brussels. And have dinner in Amsterdam. Come on. And then you can have dessert in Switzerland. You can afford it. Come on. So at that time, at that time, I've, I've seen it happen because the money comes at this level. My wife cannot handle my level. Yeah. 
New level, new wife. Deceitfulness of riches. That's what the Bible calls it. That's what Jesus calls it. Huh? Money comes. Uh, pastor, you know, I need a higher pastor now. Yeah. You see, at my level, the kind of pastor I need to, you know, I need to sit under. I need a prophet now. I need another pastor. You know, for this level. I, can't, I mean, I can't come. You know, look, look at the people. Look at all these people. Even that are, 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 you mean I'll be sitting next to these people. I sit with presidents. Uh, I sit with billionaires. And now you want me to come and sit next to Fez. Ah. What is this? You know, I have to discern my level. It's not my fault that God has promoted me. It's not my fault that God has lifted me above all this. No? I don't, I don't want to come to church. I bring my you know, Lamborghini, and I pack it out, and the cars beside it. Look at all these cars. How can I pack a Lamborghini next to a Taz? What is this? Pastor, please, just release me. Release me. You know, I'm, 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 we're still, the relationship is still intact. We'll, we'll still flow. You know, we're still palace, but, you know, I have to deceitfulness of riches. When the desire has not been placed on the altar, the devil will pervert your desire. And I've seen it happen over and over and over and over again. It's amazing. And it's not going to get better. It's going to get stronger. It's going to get more deceptive. The devil is going to become more compelling. So you just come, you sit down, you look. There's nobody here on my level. Let me go to my own level. That's that's what. It's 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 amazing. Huh? It's being pierced. Let's stop. Let's pray, pray, pray. So as you, as you are ending this year, you need to end it on the altar. Do you understand what I'm saying? Put yourself on the altar. Say, Lord, I cannot. Let's pray. Come on, let's stand up on our feet. Come on, let's pray, pray, pray. Mighty God, mighty God. Pray, pray, pray. This is a time to pray. Place your desires on the altar right now. 
place your desires on the altar right now. You cannot trust yourself. You cannot trust yourself. You cannot manage yourself. Your own, your own desire. Place your own desire on the altar. You're praying for yourself. You're praying for yourself. You're praying for yourself. You're not praying for anybody now. You're praying for yourself. Save yourself. If you don't save yourself, you will be deceived. But the only salvation for you is at the foot of the cross. It's on the altar. Mighty God. Mighty God. We place our desires. Sanctify our desires. Take my desire. Sanctify my desire, O oh God. Jesus, 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 I place them all on the altar. I place my desires on the altar. Mighty God. Mighty God. Jesus. Jesus. I don't want to be deceived by my desires. I don't want to be misled by my desires. I don't want to be drawn away by my desires. I don't want to be enticed by my desires. Help me, O oh God. Help me. Help me, Lord. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God, sanctify our desires in the name of Jesus.
In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now say this after me, Heavenly Father. I thank you for your word. The Bible says, the entrance of your word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. I have received light because I have received your word. I have received understanding because I received your word. Father, by virtue of the light and understanding that has come to me right now, I place my desires. All my desires, I place them on the altar. On the altar of your will. I bring them to the foot of the cross. The ultimate altar. Father, take my desires. Sanctify my desires. Make them holy. Possess them. Make them yours. Because they came from you. Father God, let the enemy not entice me through my desires. I don't want to be drawn away through my desires. I don't want to be tempted through my desires. I don't want to be deceived through my desires. Help me, Father. I receive special grace, fresh fire right now. And Lord, I receive an impartation from you to bring these desires to pass without losing my soul without being misled without going off track Lord I thank you in the name of Jesus now I want to pray for you lift up your hands Father I pray for your people I've given them your word according to how you gave me. I ask that this word will protect, preserve, and continue to enlighten your people. Let there be more light. This word is just a seed. Let it produce fruit in their lives. Let it increase in intensity. Let it increase in power. Let it increase in scope. Let it increase in fruitfulness in the name of Jesus. Make it hard for the enemy to deceive them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. I give you praise. In Jesus' name. Amen. This ministry has come to you live from Every Nation Midrand. 
For other life-changing messages and more information, log on to www.everynationmidrand.org.